Good morning, or good afternoon, FLM. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to come and share the word with you. Let's turn our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 16. Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Let's pray together. Thank you, God, so much for this time. Thank you for uh, giving us this opportunity to come and worship you here in this place. Thank you for uh, just the community, um, the friendship, you know, the, just the way we can come together to worship you as a body. Uh, we just want to give this time to you. I humble myself before you. I pray that you will use me to speak your word to your church, and I pray that you would release the spirit of wisdom and revelation in this place, that you would give us ears to hear and a heart to receive what you are saying to us today. Thank you so much for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, yes, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. My name is Nate, and my wife is over there in the striped shirt, Monica. So we are here from Hong Kong. Monica is actually from Sydney, so she grew up here. She grew up in this church. And moved to Hong Kong, I guess, around 15 years ago or so. Yeah, and we met uh, at church, we got married, and now uh, we're here just for a, for a visit. So I've been ministering in Hong Kong at my church, Solomon's Porch, Hong Kong. I've been ministering there for, my, uh, for 14 years. This is my 14th year, and so the church has graciously allowed me to go on a sabbatical for three months. And so for one month, we are spending our time here in Sydney. Uh, we have three children, seven-year-old, five-year-old, and two-year-old. We're spending time with their grandparents and really enjoying Sydney. And I just want to say thank you to the church, especially to the vision team. So Steve, is, who's not here, but he's my brother-in-law, he's been very kind. He's invited me to speak here. Uh, Nathan, and uh, I've met Myung, Andrew was nice, and Elza was very helpful. And of course, I want to thank Pastor Jay, who so graciously uh, opened up the pulpit for me to come here today. Okay, so I just want to get straight into the word. Um, here in, in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul is speaking to the church in Ephesus. And what does he say? He says, Christ has given various types of leaders, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, various types of leaders for what? What did Christ give these leaders to the church for? For what purpose? To equip his people, 
to equip the saints so that the body of Christ may be built up. How is the body of Christ built up? It's when the people are equipped and they do the works of service. So it's not just the apostles, the prophets, the, the, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. It's not they who do all the works of service and build up the church. They equip everybody else. They equip the people of the church and then the saints do the work. And as they do that, the body is built up. If you look at verse 16, I don't know if we can have that up again. Verse 16. It says, from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament. So the whole body means the whole church, joined and held together by every supporting ligament. So joined and held together by all the different members of the church, grows and builds itself up in love. And this is the key. I want to highlight the last line. It's not up there. The last line of verse 16, as each part does its work, as each part does its work. So I believe God's message for you today is to encourage you to build up this body, to build up this church so that FLM can be the church that God has called you to be. Okay, I believe that's God's message for you today. And how is that to be accomplished as each part does its work? Let me ask you a question. What is the calling that God has given to FLM? Do you know? It's not a question that I can answer, right? It's not a question that I can answer for you. I mean, there's a generic calling that God's given to all the churches, but what's the specific calling that God has given to you as a, as a body of Christ? That's not something for me to answer. This is something for you to pray together, to share your heart with each other, to listen to each other, and to discern together, right? Maybe it's a grand calling. Maybe God has called FLM to be the Hillsong of Korean-Australian churches. You never know, right? We don't know what the calling for FLM is. I don't know what the calling is. Maybe FLM's purpose is simply to serve the second-generation Korean-Australians coming out of Sydney Full Gospel, your mother church, to provide a safe, warm, loving, theologically sound, faithful-to-Scripture community for so many that come out of Sydney Full Gospel and they face the challenges of having this language barrier, right? They're looking for a place where they can attend church, where they can listen to the sermon, and they can speak and communicate and, and have community in a language that they're comfortable with. And this is a worthy purpose as well, especially in this time and culture where so many young people are deconstructing and losing their faith, and where our culture seems to be becoming more and more opposed to Scripture. There's a passage in Acts 13, verse 36. Acts 13, 36. I don't know if you have your Bibles. You can use your phone, Bible app if you want to turn there. Acts 13, 36. It says, Now when David had served God's purpose, 
In his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. It says, now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation. I want to encourage you to, that, that you would build up this body of Christ so that you, as a church, can serve God's purpose for your generation, for your own generation. I have four points today. Four points. First, I want to speak to everybody at FLM. My second point, I want to speak to those who are newer and younger here at FLM. Number three, I want to speak to those who've been around for a long time. And number four, I have a final word that I want to share with you. Okay? So let's get into it. First, to everybody here at FLM, I want to say this. Honor the past generations. Honor those who have gone before you and who have sown into this ministry and who have built up FLM to be what it is today. Honor the past generations. In the Old Testament, God often reveals himself as a God of multiple past generations. I want to just turn to Genesis 32, verse 9. Genesis 32, verse 9, it says, Then Jacob prayed, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, you who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives, and I'll make you prosper. This is just an example, one example among many, where God is referred to as God of my father, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is Jacob saying this. Jacob is saying, God, you are God of my father, Abraham, and you are God of my father, Isaac. What is Jacob doing? He is recalling and remembering what he has seen in his father Isaac. So when he says, God, you are, you are my God, but you are also the God of my father Isaac. He's remembering the, all the ways he saw Isaac, his father, interact with God. And saying, you are that God. You are faithful to Isaac. And he's remembering all the stories that Isaac had told his son about his grandfather Abraham. Saying, you are, you are my God. You are my father Isaac's God. And you are my, the God of Abraham. I've heard stories of my grandfather Abraham, how he walked with you. You know, how he left his homeland to, to, to answer your call and to, to become, you know, the, the father of this new nation. And he's recalling all these stories and saying, you are God of my father, Isaac. You're God of my father, Abraham. Uh, this is very personal to me. This is particularly significant to me because of my family history. So my father... My father is a missionary and a pastor, missionary slash pastor, right? My father, when I was 11 years old, uh, when I was 8 years old, he left Korea. I'm Korean. He left Korea, and he moved to Hong Kong because he wanted to take the gospel to North Korea. Back then, the only way you could take the gospel to North Korea was through China. And back then, the only way to China was through Hong Kong. So he moved to Hong Kong. He left all of us in Korea. He left to Hong Kong. And three years later, we all joined him in Hong Kong, and he has served as a missionary. The door to North Korea closed, but he started ministering to unreached people groups in northern China, in Inner Mongolia area. And his dad, so my grandfather, was also a pastor, right? His dad was a pastor. He was actually a martyr 
right? He was a pastor in North Korea. When everybody was fleeing North Korea, he said, how can I flee? You know, how can I leave my church? What's going to happen to my church if I leave? So my dad wasn't even one. He was a few months old. His mom, his brother, and, and him, they fled the country. My grandfather remained in North Korea, and that's the last that, that uh, my, my dad, or I, my, he doesn't remember seeing him. But that's the, the last we know of our grandfather. Most likely, he was captured and killed there in North Korea. And his father, my great-grandfather, was a pastor. He was the first generation uh, to, to receive the gospel. He was, apparently, he was a real drunk. He was, used to get drunk all the time. He met Jesus Christ and became a pastor. So I love the way Jacob prays here. He says, God, God of my father, Abraham, God of my father, Isaac. And that is how I pray sometimes. Sometimes when I'm praying, I say, Lord, you are my God. You've been faithful to me. You've been good to me. I look back at my life. But I also look at my dad's life, and I go, God, you are the God of my father. His name is Chong Su Young. I don't say his name. I say, you are the God of my dad. You're the God of my father, right? And you are faithful to him. He left everything to follow you. When, when I was eight years old, he was about 40 or 38, 39. He left everything to follow you, and you've been faithful to him. And I recall uh, his faith, and I recall God's faithfulness to him. And then I also say, God, you are the God of my grandfather, who I've never, you know, I don't know anything about him, but I've heard my dad share stories that he's heard from his mom and other people around him of how he uh, gave his life, right, to follow Christ and to, to serve the church. And so I go, God, you are my God. I'm here trying to be a pastor. I'm here trying to preach. You are the God of my father who was faithful to him when he left Korea to follow you are the God of my grandfather uh, who, who faithfully, you know, kept his church and would pastor the church in North Korea. I don't go all the way up to my great-grandfather because I don't know anything about him. So I stop at, you're the God of my father, you're the God of my grandfather, and I recall those generations that have gone before me. Uh, FLM, you also have not fathers and grandfathers, but you have older brothers and older sisters that have gone before you. And God revealed himself to them, and they poured into this ministry. They sowed into this ministry. They faithfully served God out of their own relationship with God. How do I know? Because I don't know anything about FLM, right? I only know this because my wife, like I said, is from Sydney. She grew up in this church. She was actually part of FLM when FLM kind of first started beginning. There's actually a our SB Hong Kong church member right there sitting, sitting right there. She's actually, she was part of this ministry before FLM was FLM, before it was just an English ministry, Heran Song right there. She was a, a member here in this church, but my wife was a church member here at FLM. And um, one thing that really stood out to me, I, I, so I visited this uh, here last Sunday. I just I, I arrived the Friday before last Sunday. One thing that really stood out to me this time visiting FLM is that the congregation seems much younger than ever before. Apart from the vision team, uh, it seems like my wife, Monica, doesn't recognize most of the congregation. Apart from the vision, she's all, before, it used to be like, oh, we're part of this church. She knows everybody, and I used to just sit at the back. 
seeing her interact with everybody, but now it's just a handful of vision team members that she interacts with, and we don't really recognize anybody else in the church. It's a new generation, but I want you to know that many people have gone before you to build this church called FLM. So actually, I wanted to invite Monica up, actually, to, to share a few words as a ex-old-school uh, FL, FLM, FLM member to share a little bit about her experience and how she has been so blessed by the leaders that have gone before her. So can we give a round of applause to Monica? Hi. I have five minutes. He's going to take the mic off me. <laughs> okay, so it's 2.14 now. Um, okay, so it's actually really surreal, kind of wild being here, because um, the last time I was up here was when I was being prayed um, to go to Hong Kong. I made a decision to relocate and uh, work at a church in, in Hong Kong. So it's, it's uh, yeah, it's amazing, you know, seeing Elsa lead worship we were in the same worship team for many years and um you know then now head on i see head on and catherine <laughs> I, it's just like it's just kind of wild to to be here there's a few changes the chairs are no longer green um but <laughs> it's 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 really nice to be here and i i grew up at this church and i came when i was seven years old and i joined flm in 2003 and I moved to Hong Kong in 2010, and it's 2013, so I've been away for 13 years, yeah. Um, I remember joining FLM. I was quite excited to finally uh, be part of a fully English ministry. Um, being like a second-gen, um, like English is my, my language, like my heart language. Korean wasn't, but being part of a Korean church is kind of a bit of a... Uh, like, like, I don't really belong in, don't fully relate to the Korean culture, but I don't fully belong to, like, an Australian culture. It's kind of, like, in between. Uh, so I was excited to come, and they created this ministry for people like me, and um, we didn't have a pastor, like, a dedicated pastor back then. I think it's just, like, there's a need, let's create something, we'll have guest speakers. Um, so, so... People who came didn't come for the pastor, didn't come for the awesome messages. Um, you know, but we came because you know we had a similar sort of draw to the ministry, and the, we really built community. Um, it was a really wonderful time back then. You know, we had prayer meetings, barbecues, social gatherings. We packed each other's living rooms, cell groups, discipleships, um, uh, just yeah, going to conferences together. And um, I think there was like this, just this sense of like community and wanting to be there. It wasn't like a forced thing. Um, but one of the things that uh, really st st stood out to me and what I recall, uh, I don't remember many messages, <laughs> sermons, <laughs> but I do remember um, the leaders and how dedicated, how passionate they were. Um, every single week, like it's similar. Like the vision team here, they think they meet every Friday. Is that right? Or not? No, no take it back. Okay, <laughs> but they, you know, they meet regularly. They they thinking about the ministry. Um, and so back then it was the same. They they kind of like they were the pillars of of this ministry, just laying down the foundation, investing into the younger people like me. Um, 
they really shepherded us, accepted us, embraced us, and showed us how to live uh, a faithful life. And uh, that really impacted me, I think. Um, um, they showed us so much care and gave us so much of their time. They could have been doing so many, so many other things. They also had many chances to throw in the towel, but they continued to build and invest in, in this ministry. And um, I just want to say, like, thank you. I, it was, it's a really delayed thank you to those leaders, like Heran and uh, like all the other leaders that came along because I was really blessed by them. Actually, Heran's my Sunday school teacher too, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's been many years since then. And I just, yeah, I just want to recognize that the work that they built, it still continues on. It's like the baton was passed on. Like they built a bit and then they moved on. Then the next generation of leaders came in, they built a bit. And then, you know, it, it, it's this like cycle of things. And I think there's been ups and downs, um, but it's the ministry is still here. You guys are here. Um, and it's this ministry is alive and it continues. Uh, so I think really God really cares about this church family. Um, I do want to share personally how there was a time I wanted to move on from this church. I, I think I wanted to go to a place where there was like a, a pastor, a ministry that looked like it was thriving. Um, and a lot of my friends were like, oh, yeah, it's a fantastic church. You should come. And I was really struggling. I, I was co-leading the um, worship team at that point. So it was a very, like, weighty decision for me. Um, and as I was praying, I felt God say, well, when you graduated from high school and came to this ministry, there were leaders here ready to lead you. So what about the ones that are coming up now? What about the ones that... Uh, need a leader now. And so through that conversation I had with God, I felt that God was reminding me of how like leaders um, are not a given, like good ones are not a given. A, a pastor is not a, a given. Like there were many churches that don't have great leaders, um, great pastors, but it's, it's, it's not a given. And in my heart, I knew I had to stay I had to stay, and coming to church wasn't about myself. It wasn't about my comforts and what I can gain, um, but it was about God's faithfulness to me. He displayed that through the leaders, and I was felt like God was asking me to stay faithful and stay for the ministry. You know, this isn't about you. This is about God's church, um, no matter what it looked like. So, yeah, you know, coming back after all these years, I see the vision team. My brother's one of them. Um, but, yeah, there's like a similar feel, this full life ministry culture. I think it lives on in, in the current leaders and in the people here. So I do want to encourage all the people sitting uh, here, like this is your church. These are the people that you are around. This is your community. So why not ask God about it? You know, ask God, like, okay, this is my church. Then where can I serve? What room can I make in my life to involve myself in church more? Where is there a need? What skills do I have um, that I can offer? 
and um, get to know your pastors and leaders. Like before I said, it's, it's not a given like to have these awesome leaders around you. So take, an, take the opportunity, glean from them, ask them questions. Life, work experience, relationship advice, all these faith questions, Bible questions, the tough questions that you've been afraid to ask, just ask them and you know we can wrestle with them um, with these questions. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure, my bet is they have lots of gems to share. So um, yeah, that's the end of my sharing. I think I'm bit over time, but thanks for not taking the mic. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. Then that's the second point to the to our uh, newer, maybe younger generation of full life uh, ministry members. I want to encourage you. The text today, Ephesians chapter four, verse sixteen, it says, "As each part does its work." The church is going to be built up in love as each part does its work. So I want to encourage you to get involved, to serve for however long God has called you to this community. For however long you stay in this church, get involved and serve and give of yourself to build up this church. Because each part needs to do its own work for the church to be built up. Romans chapter 12, you could turn there. Romans chapter 12, verse 4 through 8. Romans 12, 4 through 8. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Uh, very Simple text, I know we've all heard of this text before, that we are the body of Christ and that we all have a different function, we all have a different gift, and I want to encourage you to do your part in serving this ministry. When I was a little bit younger, um, I was quite, you know, I, I got obsessed with figuring out what is my spiritual gift. You know, I felt like I had to figure out my spiritual gift because then I will be able to do the thing that I'm supposed to do. And over the years, I have slowly started to change my thinking. And now I realize we serve first. Wherever there's a need, wherever there's an opportunity, just sign up to serve. And as you serve, you will discover what your gifts are. I was just speaking with Nathan. I don't want to I don't want to put pressure on him, but I was just sharing with him how, man, I saw him last Sunday just giving the announcement. I hadn't talked to anybody. I had never seen Nathan before. And I thought, wow, that guy sounds like a pastor. That guy is so pastoral. And I saw, I'll share that with him today because a, a couple of people were like, you got to tell Nathan that. So I shared that. I submitted it to him, you know, but, but Nathan was saying that, uh, he, he wasn't always, because I asked him if he, if he has to do a lot of speeches, do a lot of talks 
in his work because he seems so natural doing it. And he shared with me that just over the years, you know, serving here at FLM, giving announcements, and uh, over the years, it just became more and more natural. He said, when, when I first started, it was very unnatural, it was very difficult to do, and he said something like, man, you try doing it 500 times, you will find that you are a natural as well. And so, yeah, as you serve, as you step up and do whatever, wherever there's a need, wherever there's an opportunity, you sign up to serve, and as you serve, you will discover your gifts. There's a phrase that my pastor back, uh, back in Hong Kong uh, uses uh, from time to time. I heard it a long time ago, and it left a great impact, impression on me. So I want to share with you. Prosper where you are planted. Prosper where you are planted. Right? Who knows for how long you're going to be a part of this church? So for, for however long that God has placed you here, prosper. Right? Do everything you can to thrive and to grow and to give it your all, right? Don't wait for something else to happen. Don't wait for certain life circumstances to change, and then I'm going to give my all. You know, we prosper where we are planted. Third, this point I wanted to share to those who have remained faithful, uh, to the vision team and other leaders here that have stuck around and have been here for a long time. I felt like this was God's word for you. So we need to turn to this text because it's quite a long one. If you can go to Joshua, Joshua chapter 14. Joshua 14 verse 6. Then the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite said to him, you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, in Kadesh Barnea concerning you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers, who went up with me, made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. So let's pause there. Caleb is recalling 45 years ago when the, the 12 spies went into the land and they came back. Remember, 12 spies, only two, Joshua and Caleb, brought back a favorable report. They said, this land is great. It's the promised land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey, and we should go take it. The 10 spies came back and said, yes, that is a great land, but we'll never be able to do it. There are giants in that land, and we became like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we were like grasshoppers in their eyes. There's no way we're going to go. The, the heart of the people melt, and they don't do it. But Joshua and Caleb remained faithful, and they kept saying we should go and do it. In the end, they don't end up going into the land. But Moses recognizes Caleb's faith and his faithfulness, and he gives them this promise. Right. So this is uh, Moses has already passed away. Joshua is the leader now, and Caleb is reminding Joshua. And remember, 45 years ago, this is what happened. And this is what he says in verse 10. And now, behold... 
The Lord has kept me alive just as he said these 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel walked in the wilderness. And now behold, I am this day 85 years old. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is as my strength was then for war and for going and coming. So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard, heard on that day how the Anakim were there with great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall dry them out just as the Lord has said. Isn't that powerful? Caleb, uh, Caleb has served God. He was 40 years old when he went to that land, came back, faithfully served God for 45 years, and he's 85 years old now. And he says, I am just as strong today as I was then, and I'm ready to go and take that land. I'm ready to go to that land where the Anakim are, the Anakim or the giants. He's saying, I am just as strong today. And I felt like, I felt like this is what God wanted to say to the vision team and to those that have been here for a long time. You've remained faithful. That the heart that God has put inside you is a heart like Caleb's that says, man, I am just as strong today. I know you're not 85 years old, right? And it hasn't been 45 years. Maybe it's been 10 years. Maybe it's been 20 years of faithfully serving God. And the heart that God has put inside you is not one that says, man, I'm tired and weary and I, I am ready to just hand this off to the newer generation so that I can just relax and take it easy. But the heart that God's given you is, man, I am just as on fire today as I was 20 years ago when I first started serving here and first started building this ministry. My heart is on fire and my passion is, is on fire. And um, as the new generation comes, I'm going to serve with them, right? I'm going to uh, minister to them, serve them to serve uh, and to build this church together. So I wanted to encourage you. God bless you to continue building up this body and continue sowing into the next generation. And my final word, final word. This is for everybody, but perhaps it's more so for those who feel tired and weary. Uh, for those, when you hear a message like this, there is no energy or encouragement. Instead, it's a burden. It's like, oh man, build the body? Why? What, do I, what, do you, what is this guy, some newcomer, some guest speaker, what is he saying? And it's just a burden. There's no joy. There's no excitement. It's just like, why? Like, why, why do I have to do this? You know, you just feel pressure. Perhaps you feel a little guilty because you're like, I'm not doing anything, you know. Uh, this is the final word. What is the motive? What is the motive for us working hard to build this church, to build up the church, right? In my context, is it to make our own church? Is it to make FLM? Is it to make SP Hong Kong? Is it to make our own church great? 
You know, is it for our glory by making a name for ourselves? And of course not. Of course, that's a stupid goal. That's a silly goal, right? It's a silly reason to man, I'm going to work hard, build this ministry so that we can have a name for ourselves. Why, why are we doing this? It's for God's glory, right? We all, I think we all know it. The motive behind working to build up the church, it's for God's glory because this is the work of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 16, 18, Jesus says, on this rock, I will build my church. It's Jesus' church. This church is Jesus' church, and it's his work to build this church. And so we are joining in, and we're saying, I want to do this because this is for your glory. But, but, I want to say this, unless it is out of our love for God that we want to glorify him, and accomplish his work, our work remains just that. It just remains as work. It just becomes burden. Unless it's out of our love for God and we say, God, man, I love you so much. You have been so good to me. Therefore, I want to build this house. I want to build your church. I want to do your work. Unless it's that, it just is work. Right? This is the mindset. It's for God's glory. But if we view God as this taskmaster, you know, as many of us do, it is for God's glory, but God is a taskmaster, and he is difficult to please, and he requires my service. He requires me to work for him. And man, if I don't do it, he's he disapproves of me, and he is disappointed in me. If that's how we view God, man, it's for God's glory, but God is so hard to please, and he's my taskmaster, and man, he just requires everything out of me, and oh, tired. I'm already tired, you know, just coming to church, and you want me to do more? You want me to sign up and serve? Um... But so, so we have to understand this. The God of the gospel is not a taskmaster God, right? He has revealed what kind of a God he is through the gospel. I want us to turn with me to Matthew 12. Matthew 12, verse 18 to 20. <clears throat> Matthew 12, 18 to 20. Here is my servant, this is about Jesus. Here is my servant whom I have chosen, the one I love in whom I delight. This is about Jesus. I will put my spirit on him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice in the streets. Verse 20 is where I want to focus. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out till he has brought justice through to victory. This is maybe my favorite description of the character of God. What kind of God do we serve? The God that we serve is a God who, who sees a bruised reed, a smoldering wick, right? Like a dying fire, a broken reed. and The world will look at that and snuff it out, just kick it to, to the side. But the, the God that we serve is gentle. 
kind, compassionate, right? You see tender care. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. How many of us have felt like bruised reed at times and smoldering wick at times, but God doesn't snuff us out, right? He doesn't break a broken reed. It is for God's glory, right? We build a church. We do the work. It is for His glory, and I love Him. You know, I love Him. He has been so kind to me. He is so gentle with me. I have experienced His love and His tender care. He demands my all, but it's my joy to give it to Him because of who He is, because of the kind of God that He is. I just want to share with you uh, my own story, and then uh, we, will, we will wrap up the, the sermon. Um, when, I was, uh, when I started serving at my church, SP Hong Kong, uh, 14 years ago, I had been a part of the church from 2004, and about two years into serving at my church, I felt like, kind of like Monica shared, I felt like, man, maybe my time here is done, you know? Uh, uh, my pastor and I, if, I don't know if any of you know Pastor Sam Song, his, his personality, my personality was quite different. He was more of this uh, type A personality, right? Driven and kind of a man's man. I'm not saying I'm a woman's man, but I wasn't quite the man's man that he was. And I felt like I don't know if I belong here. I felt like maybe this isn't the place for me. And, you know, I tried to be faithful, but there were times where I felt disappointed in him. There were times where I felt a little hurt, a little offended, right? And so about two years in, I'm like struggling, and I've actually made my decision. I said, you know what, God, I want to get out of here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pursue my own calling, Right? So I had my, made my decision. I prayed. I felt some peace. I made a decision to go to Korea, enroll in this seminary in Korea, Torch Trinity Seminary. I was going to study there, and I was going to go into ministry there and do my own thing. I even told Pastor Sam and his wife, and they were shocked, but they were like, well, I mean, if, that's, if God says do it, then you should do it. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. And uh, around that time, I had an opportunity to go to Seattle uh, on a ministry trip with my pastor. And on this trip, he, for whatever reason, the topic that he was preaching on was uh, what it means to be a a spiritual son, a spiritual father, a spiritual son. Whatever your theology is on that, this was the message. And as Pastor Sam started speaking about what it means to be a son, what it means to serve um, the spiritual father and what it means to, you know, be faithful and to cover his nakedness and all these things, I felt like the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. And, and the whole time he is preaching, I have this inner wrestle in my heart. And I'm writing, I had just gotten an iPhone, and I'm writing in the notes app. I'm like, God, are you saying that this is my spiritual father? You know, because I don't I don't, want to, I don't want to be his spiritual son. I don't, I don't want him to be my spiritual father. I, I, I've made my decision to go. But I f- kept f- feeling the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit saying, or just kind of just, I don't know, this unease in my spirit, you know, like, 
Maybe God wants me to stay here. <laughs> this is my second son, my natural son. Okay, so, so I'm wrestling. I'm having this inner dialogue with God, and I'm wrestling. And uh, kind of towards the end of the service, um, I was really kind of I was struggling with, this, uh, with what I felt like God was saying. And I was saying, oh, now you got to go. Um, I was struggling. Oh, where was I? I'm struggling right now. Hey, Joel, you got to go back. That's my oldest son. Um, so I'm struggling with God. Oh, and so, so I said to God, I said to God, God, I mean, I was quite, you know, honest with God. I said, God, man, I don't, I don't want to stay. I don't want to stay here. He is so different. I am so different from him. I don't feel like this is where I belong. And I don't even really like him. <laughs> that was in my heart. I said, I don't even really like him that much. I think I should go. And you know what God said? This gentle God, right? He doesn't break a bruised. I was a bruised reed kind of, you know, at that point. And God didn't say, Nate, you disobedient, you know? Obey me or I will crush you. God didn't say, you need to stay and serve this guy. I have called you to be here. This is what God said. This is in my heart. Right? This is in my heart, in my spirit. I felt like God was saying this. Nate, if you want to go to Korea, go. I will bless you. I will be with you. I will, you know, I will be faithful to you. I'll help you with your ministry. I'm with you this whole, I'll be with you the whole time. But, and this is what I felt like I was saying, but would you stay and serve your pastor? Isn't that amazing that God would ask me a question? He didn't say, you need to do this. He said, would you stay and serve your pastor as your spiritual father? And at the time, I had all these father hunger. You know, my, my dad was a missionary, so I didn't see him a lot. So I had all these needs, and I was looking for my pastor to meet all those father needs. And I was like, man, you know, he's, like, he's this and he's that. And God said, I am your perfect father. Yes, you know, Pastor Sam, he, he has his flaws, whatever. Uh, but I am your perfect father, and I will meet every single father hunger. I mean, you know, father need everything that you need you'll find in me so you can serve an imperfect father. And uh, what do you say after that? You know, what do you say to God when God says, man, I will bless you, I'll be with you, but would you, would you consider staying and serving? So I said to God, okay, if that's, if you are my perfect father, I will stay and I'll serve. And that was 12 years ago, and I'm so thankful, right? All, uh, 12, these 12 years have been uh, such an amazing blessing. God has been faithful, and I, I have been healed of, you know, a lot of things. And my relationship with Pastor Sam is fantastic, you know, praise God. And it's been such a blessing. But I just think, man, that's the heart of God. God is not one to place this burden on you. And say, man, you need to do this and that, and you need to serve. And if you don't do it, man, I'm disappointed in you. You're a, you're a, 
failure, or, you know, dis displeasure and disapproval. That's not the heart of God. The heart of God that we see through the gospel, that we see through the description in Matthew chapter 12, and the heart of God that many of you have experienced in your heart, in your spirit, is this is one of love, kindness, tenderness, gentle care. So I have a song that I actually wanted to sing uh, to you, I don't think many of you would know it. If you know it, feel free to sing along. If you don't know, the lyrics will be up. You can just listen and meditate. The worship team is going to play with me. And, uh, and then we'll pray and close this time. This song is written uh, by Delirious back in 1995. I don't know if any of you know the band Delirious. It's probably my favorite worship band right i don't know if i don't even think they they, they uh exist anymore as a band um it's a song written from the perspective of kind of jesus christ singing to his people and uh it's a song for those who may feel a little discouraged you know who may feel a little tired who may feel a little weary and i just think it's so poetic it's so beautiful it describes um, I think the heart of God uh, very, very well, very beautifully and, uh, and it's so encouraging it's so encouraging uh, as you hear Jesus um, inviting inviting you uh, to lay your weary head um, to be still and, and in the chorus it says I'll place my sword upon your shoulders Right? That's the picture of knighting somebody. Just the honor that he gives you. So, um, yeah, uh, we'll sing this together. Maybe we'll sing it. Uh, I'll play, we'll play it once and we'll sing it once and then we'll pray. When all around has fallen, your castle has been to be a king here now no one knows your name you live your life for honor defender of the faith but you've been crushed to Can't lift your head. 
summer feels like winter. Your heart is full of Thank you, Lord, that you are such a good and kind God. You're a gentle God. Even now, you are inviting us to lay our weary head. And you come, you invite us to rise with you. And you uh, place your sword upon our shoulders, God. Thank you for uh, just the, the, uh, the character of who you are. 
And I pray that um, this church, the, the members of FLM, will hear your invitation and will hear your, um, your call to build up this church, God. You have placed them here for a purpose. And I know you have a calling and a purpose for this church. And I pray, Lord, that uh, through your through your love and through your grace and through your mercy, that everybody here would find the strength they need, God, to rise up and to continue serving. As Caleb said, God, my strength is just as strong today as it was when I started. And I pray, God, that you would minister your strength and your love and uh, in your, um, yeah, just um, the fullness of the Holy Spirit upon each person here. Thank you so much, God, for this time. In Jesus' name.